Hi, I'm Fiona Lee Maynard and you're listening to Radio Carum, which is what I do whenever I'm anywhere near Seaford Carum High School and Eel Race Road. Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast. A real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week, I'd like to welcome back Magic Barkley. Magic Barkley survived a rough childhood, torn between a narcissist of a father and an unfeeling and emotionally neglectful mother. She learned that she was the only one she could depend on and always felt like the black sheep of the family and found it hard to trust anyone. In her teens, her lack of control led to anorexia and binge eating and a binge eating disorder easy for me to say her weight was about all she could truly take charge of and by the age of 17 she had also become a binge drinker leading to becoming an alcoholic by the age of 21. After transferring this lack of self-relationship to relationships with others she found herself at the end of a string of emotionally vacuous and harmful relationships culminating in a marriage to a narcissist and her self-esteem issues came back and again via her weight she protected herself by becoming morbidly obese that was the only way her body could physically be off limits to an abusive husband or so she thought after 14 years of being told she was ugly worth nothing a horrible mother and much more she left packing the kids, dogs, cats into a car, loading a truck and leaving town. The next four years saw a drawn out legal battle which saw her lose everything except her babies. She had to start again but the toll of adverse childhood experiences and adverse childhood relationship experiences and her adult relationship disasters Years of stress, physical trauma to her body culminated in multiple conditions that threatened to end her life. She threw herself into study, learning about the systems of the body and how they each work in harmony with each other. She sought help for, with her trauma and became truly well and truly loved. So I'd like to welcome you to the strong single and human podcast. Hi, welcome, Magic. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. Coming to join us again. This is awesome. This is awesome. Now, it's a subject very close to our heart, my heart, our hearts, um, that we're going to talk about today because we're going to talk about narcissism. Now, this word gets bandied around, I think, a lot in society today right about narcissists oh my ex is a narcissist and my ex is this and like you know blah 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 um so I want to go back to the basics right I want to go back to like the my first question to you is what is a narcissist well you know what there's a textbook definition but to me what a narcissist is is someone who can't get out of their own way and wants to make everyone else feel as crap about themselves as they do about themselves to make themselves oh, look better. Okay, cool. So, yeah, and this is and this is around, and there is a textbook definition, and I can't tell you what it is at the moment. But um, this is around them actually blaming everyone else for their life, their situation. Um, gaslighting is like another word that we would say where they um where you can set boundaries and they can say oh well i'm only like this because of you you do this to me you do that to me and all of those sort of things yeah am i right yeah so everything is someone else's fault everything happens to them like this always happens to me 
why me? And it's that whole, woe is me, why me? Everything happens to me. It's all your fault. It's their fault. It's because so-and-so did whatever that now I have to deal with it. That's kind of what they're about. Victim mentality, completely. Yeah. So, okay, how do you, like, oh, for me, this next question, I go, my question to you is that how do you live with a narcissist? If you love this person, right, if you go, I love this person, it's like the love them to death, right? Um. How do you how do you live with them? Because I would also go, why are you living with them, right? Because this is like I've lived with a narcissist, right? Um, and I just I just couldn't I couldn't do it. It was soul destroying. Like maybe we should go back a bit and say, well, what did narcissists? If you're in a relationship with a narcissist, how do you recognise the narcissism as such? And like. <laughs> Yeah, the easy way to recognise it is nothing is their fault. Nothing is ever their fault. There's no accountability. There's no, oh, when you did this, I did this, maybe that was wrong as well as you doing that. Like, you know, you can be at fault, but they won't take blame. It'll all be on you, so it will have nothing to do with their reaction or they'll quantify their reaction. Well, when you said that, I had to do this because you left me no other choice. So that's kind of how you can see it. But to your second part of that question, how do you live with one if you truly love that person? Well, first things first, don't lose yourself in the mix. Do not listen. You need a protective barrier up against their sledges and against their blaming and against all of them putting everything on you. You really need to love yourself. You need to know who you are. You need to know what you stand for because as soon as you lose your sense of self, you are just a pawn in their games. Well, well can it even work though? Like, um, and I suppose also, like, I know it's not like you dive into this relationship and, like, you go after a month or so, you go, oh, hello, living with a narcissist here. Um, f- like, for me personally, like, it was unbelievable for the like first year 18 months I was just like wow I found my soulmate this is all great and then slowly but surely things start to like a change and move forward and like you lose your friends and all so like is there a certain like and I suppose I should say is there a certain pattern there is yes to getting involved with a narcissist so the narcissist is usually the most charming everything you've always wanted to hear um they give you the attention maybe no one else gave you before they'll fill the gaps in your life and they'll do that with such fluidity that it's seamless and you're like this is my soulmate you know that honeymoon phase that can last a couple of years Wow. And you can think this person is the bee's knees, like because they're putting on a concerted effort to be the bee's knees. But it's once they see you where they need you, not where they want you, but where they need you for them, that you become so downtrodden and you don't even realise it because in this honeymoon phase they're dropping little phrases, they're dropping little hints, they're doing certain things. Um, are they doing research on you? They are, and like going, what? How do I? How can I manipulate this? How do I push the envelope here? Is that what they're doing? They are. So, in order to have you fully supporting them, they'll pick, say, a friend that they don't really like, a friend of yours. Instead of going out with Sally for drinks, why don't we just stay home and watch a movie and have some quality time? And really just be with each other because isn't everything fantastic? And in your mind you're thinking, yep, everything is fantastic and I love being with this person and snuggling on the couch watching a movie sounds perfect. You know, if I go with Sally for drinks, I've got to go out and Sally might say something I don't particularly want to hear because she doesn't like this person and they don't like her and I don't want to deal with it. So there's the start of you being cut off from your friendship with Sally. Wow. But it happens so subtly, but it happens in a way that's dressed up for pleasure, for enjoyment, because they're building up that cuddling on the couch watching a movie and quality time together and how bonded you are. 
And so they're filling those gaps. Yeah, yeah. And, like, well, can, like, can a relationship work with a narcissist? This, like, there are so many questions buzzing around in my head, right? Because, I, like, I go, <laughs> can a relationship work with a narcissist or does that person need to get help? I mean, like, I sit here from my standpoint and go, nah, would never work. Like, never, ever one, would I get myself into that situation again? And two, would, you know, like, would it work? I couldn't, like, even if I found myself into that situation again, I'd be out very, very quickly. Um, it just, I just couldn't, like, can a relationship work with one? Look, in, in my brain, my brain says no, it can't. Yeah, mine does but too. But do you know what? Like I said, if you have a really complete sense of self and you can see what they're doing. You're not falling for the little games, but you can see it for what it is and you still super love that person but you are not getting consistently damaged by that person because it's almost like you've got a Teflon coating to it, then I guess in theory it could work. But it's just that they're damaging you at like, yeah, it's like you're but it's that's abuse. The key. If you if you can refrain from allowing that damage to happen to you, it could work. Yeah, but yeah. In practice, it might be a very different situation. I'm thinking that because they like to be the victim and to manipulate the situation, that's where I go. I don't think this. I don't think this can work. And why would you want to? Why do people live with narcissists? Why do they get themselves into that situation? And I know some people who have lived with a narcissist for like years, like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So the question why is you're missing something in your life, whether it's, you know, from a childhood relationship or a childhood trauma, whether it's something in young adulthood or in, you know, later adulthood, they're filling a gap that they can clearly pick up on and see. You need to fill your own gaps. You need to not allow these people to come in and swoop in and save the day because they love doing that yeah. and they're really good at it. You need to be your own saviour, your own hero. Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, you're right. You are right. Um, is it? Is it all different things that are missing? So, like, is it not that you could go, oh, well, I was, I don't know, adopted as a child and therefore I'm more susceptible and I wasn't adopted to a child. My parents are still, this is where I go, is this affecting a particular type of person? Because this is what confuses me. I go, my parents are still together. I had a happy childhood. There wasn't really, you know, I wasn't abused as a child or anything like that, right? So I then go, I then go, well, why am, Why did I get one in my life? What 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 was I needing? Well, how did I attract them? And, um, you know, when I look back at the relationships in my life, I go, oh, well, maybe he, that person was a, you know, narcissist as well. And I just, you know, because I suppose that name and the trait wasn't out there 20, 30 years ago when I was first dating, um, that I go, oh, wow, yeah, okay, maybe that person was. And I can definitely think my my ex-husband was definitely a narcissist in every stretch of the way that you want to go. Um, so, yeah, so that means I've had two in my life. And I think for so, you it's the first one that says to you, I can't have a fulfilling relationship or I can only have a relationship with someone that's emotionally unavailable. So you've, you've set a precedent and then that's opened the door for the next one. And I'm not saying it's your fault. That's just something that happens. And as particularly as women, and this is why we see a lot more women falling into the hands of a narcissist than we do men, we're raised to think about beauty, to think about body image, body size, how we present ourselves to the world. I'm a 70s and 80s child. Girls didn't always speak up. They yeah, weren't always encouraged to speak their mind. Not like now. Okay, so for our age group, we were not supposed to, you know, blurt what was on our mind out in public. It's like, no, you, you do that no. behind closed doors. So we've definitely been conditioned by society to, you know, worry about our looks and body image and things like that and 
staying as demure as we can and, yeah. you know, go back more generations. Looking after the household. Intense. Yeah, so being at home, looking after the kids, looking after the household, looking after your partner. Yeah. So this husband, leaves partner, those whatever. gaps for the narcissist to fill because they come in and say, you know, on the first date, oh, you're so beautiful. I'm so lucky to have found you. You're so gorgeous. I can't stop staring at you. And you're like, oh, my God, he finds me beautiful. I haven't heard that before. Apart from maybe from my family and they have to say it because I'm their kid, you know. So all of a sudden they've already got you in their sights lined up just from saying one sentence. And, like, do we, so, see, I've got domestic violence like banding around in my head, right, because I'm sort of sitting there going, with, is it? most cases within domestic violence situations that the person, the perpetrator, not the victim in domestic violence situation, but the perpetrator is what we would cast as a narcissist, like an abusive narcissist. Yeah, in a very high percentage of Because I would see emotional, I mean, I didn't deal, I didn't have, there was no physical abuse within my relationship, but there was a lot of a mental manipulation is what I would like to call it, right? Because it's not that I was being called a yeah. bitch every day, right? Um, but it was mental manipulation, I think, is the the phrasing that I would say, um, you know. Um, and so, therefore, that mental mental manipulation, new word, new word everyone, <laughs> um, was, um, yeah, that just broke you know wore me down as such because like my day job is managing multi-million dollar global projects you know with teams of 30 to 40 people and stuff like that but internal relationship wise I just got worn down and I know ex you know I know lawyers I know people who were like you know account managers like they come from all different levels and walks of life and, you know, responsibility-wise from a working perspective. And you would look at them and go, you're a lawyer. How did you get, like, sucked in by this, like, situation? And it's so destructive to them. But in their day job, happy days. They're holding it together. They're in control, managing, you know, courts of law and all of this stuff. But then when they go home, like... Manipulation mess feels Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter what walk of life you've come from. You can still be the victim of a narcissist. And it doesn't have to be necessarily a relationship with a partner either. You can have a narcissistic parent, can't you? Yep, or a narcissistic friend or a narcissistic neighbour. But they all have the same sort of traits. Yeah, yeah, they do. Okay. So, like... If you're in this situation then, what impact does it actually have on you? I mean, like physically as well as mentally. Well, it starts all the stress responses. So you can become quite, um, I guess, adrenally driven. So you've got high cortisol, you'll start gaining weight in the middle, you know, from basically the collarbone to the hips, you'll start looking a bit like an apple on sticks, like a toffee apple. And, uh, you know. And I thought that was just COVID. (laughs) But you can also start getting nervous in ways that you didn't. So all of a sudden you can get like this rush of adrenaline because you're like, ah, I shouldn't be here. That car's backfiring. Could be someone shooting me. No one's ever shot at you before. But all of a sudden you're at this heightened stress response. So your adrenals are trying to process everything. It can look as the opposite as well. So you can be in adrenal fatigue where you can't get out of bed and, you know, there's no point in the day where you are not tired. But then at night you also can't sleep properly. Like there's just no cortisol pattern whatsoever. So it can present as a lot of these things. It can present as an immune dysfunction. So, you know, you might start um, getting lymphatic swelling. could be you know, your body's in a nurturing building kind of immune state. Well, you could be, you know, in one that's really catabolic, breaking you down because of the stress. 
So it sees everything as a pathogen. So all of a sudden you've got aches and pains, you've got fibromyalgia, arthritis, uh, muscle tears all the time, things like that. So these are immune responses to what's going on because, and I've said this on numerous podcasts, and I'm going to say it again, anyone that's heard me speak, you'll know this, your body wants you to be safe. That's its only job to keep you safe. And if it needs to keep you safe from a narcissist and what they're saying and what they're doing, you know, even if it's just at work and your boss is a narcissist, could even be someone under you that's a narcissist that makes it look like everything goes wrong in the office is your fault. Your body will respond to that. So it's not just something that we're dealing with with the mind, but every system of the body will try and keep you safe. And you're probably not going to like the ways it does that. Yeah. Well, I know the stress that I went through led to an irregular heartbeat because I was trying to keep everything suppressed so that my son wasn't affected. And like a silly, silly idea, really, because at the end of the day, he was affected, but it's trying to make everything as normal as possible. So all the emotions, all the, all the, you know, um, peaks and troughs, setting boundaries, going through boundaries, doing whatever, right? The frustrations I had all had to be suppressed, hence heart operation like a year later and all of that, you know, with the release of the stress and the release, you know, the relaxation, I suppose. So I'd been in that stressful situation for like two and a half years or whatever, and then to come out of that and go, it was almost like a, a big deep sigh where you go, ah, but then all of that, culminated in an irregular heartbeat, which I had to have sorted out because it was that irregular that I needed it sorted. So, yeah, no, it's it's true what you say. The body takes on board all of this stress and then once it finishes or once you do something about it, just, yeah, yeah. So if you think, if somebody's listening to this program now and they think, yeah, do you know what, Jesus, that's me, right? I mean, I cannot do anything right. Um, it's always my fault. Um, you know, there's gaslighting as such. Um, like I keep mentioning gaslighting, but explain to me gaslighting. What is okay. gaslighting? So gaslighting is the process where they tell you either verbally or in writing or however it needs to be amongst a community, say a Facebook page or whatever, that everything is your fault. Everything's on you. So. You know, it might be, I'm trying to think of an example that won't get me in some trouble here. <laughs> okay, so it might be that someone comes to you for help and you think, well, we're not a right fit here, okay, whether it's yeah. in a shop or an office or whatever, right? Someone's come to you as a customer and you're like, mm, I don't really feel this connection. I'm going to go and get someone else to help this person, right? We'll say a shop. It's a florist shop. Yeah. You're just feeling some sort of vibe from this person that's walked in. They haven't done anything wrong, but you've got this vibe. You've got this, uh, I'm not going to be able to help them to the best of my ability. I know I can help them, but do I want to? So you say, I'm just going to get someone else to help you. And they turn around and say, why? Because you don't think you can do it? It's an easy order. What's wrong with you? It's all your fault, right? That's very quick snapshot of gaslighting. So they throw it all back on you to make you think that you're the crazy one. You're the one without the skills. You're the one without the communication or whatever it is. You're the one that's lacking something. So gaslighting is you being wrong for something because they said so. Yeah, like somebody saying, um, like you going, hey, why didn't you pay that bill the other day? And then turning around and going, but I thought you you always pay it. It's your fault because we're in debt because, you know, you you didn't, you spent the money on something else and it's, you know, yeah. and, it, you know, they're in charge of the money as well as such. I don't know. That was a really shoddy example, but it's like I'm trying, no, to, no, I'm trying to think of an example. <laughs> with, with that example, right, maybe you say, look, I'm really busy. This bill has come in. Can I give you the money to go and pay it? And they say, yes, I'll go to the post office and pay this bill, right? Then they come back. Why haven't you paid the bill? But I gave you the money to pay it. No, you didn't. You never gave me that money. You never asked me to pay it. 
you're covering for yourself. They are gaslighting you. You know you gave them the cash. So what? So going back to my original question before I went to gaslighting, like what can you, if you're sitting listening to this and go, okay, that's my situation, all of that stuff is happening to me, what can you do to help yourself? Okay, you need to get a coach on your side, basically. Um, it's very hard to do by yourself, but you need to get a sense of self. So you need to know who you are. You know, there's that old expression, water off a duck's back. You need to create that scenario for yourself. So when the narcissist is throwing the water, it flows off your back. Because if you don't have a complete sense of self, they have an in. They have a way to keep damaging you. And that's when it gets can get quite nasty and, you know, lead to a whole lot of health complications, social complications, like it leads to a lot. But you need to start working on you. And I'm not saying to the listeners listening to this today that it's your fault. That's exactly not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you have a complete sense of self, they can't get their foot in the doorway and they will move on. And these will be the very quick fleeting relationships or fleeting friendships or someone in the office that avoids you at coffee time because they know they can't get in to damage you because you know who you are. You stand in your truth and you appreciate who you are and you go, do you know what? Not today, narcissist. My wall's there. Don't touch. No, and, yeah, and I I have to agree with you. Um, Look, my view is if you're in that relationship and you're unhappy and you're dealing with mental abuse, and I know sometimes it's, it's hard to go and leave my my advice would be leave. Even if it means that you split, you both work on yourselves and you get back together later. Happy days. Everything's good then. And you both worked on yourself. You've both understood your, your situations and, and where you all are. But also, you like, whatever, whether you say you're going to stay or whatever, um, or whether you're dealing with a narcissistic parent, you know, uncle, blooming teacher, work colleague, you need to get help from somebody um, to just as a sounding board for you, uh, you know, because there's a lot, and I and I don't know um, your thoughts and views on this, but I found that there was a lot of self doubt. It was like, am I am I right in doing it this way? Am I am I being a good partner if I set a boundary here or, you know, and also confusion about what boundaries to set and what boundaries not to set because, because you, you are, you're confused, bamboozled as such. I mean, what are your thoughts? Look, one of the key plays in the playbook of being a narcissist appears to be that they have you off centre so that mm. even when you do want to break away, you do doubt yourself because Again, you're not strong enough at that point to deflect what they're doing and they know it. That's why they've created that doubt for you. So you just have to be strong enough to go, okay, I need time out of this situation. Could be a day, could be a month, could be whatever. And I need to find out exactly who I am, what I stand for, what I will and won't accept because you have to set the levels there. And when you hear that self-doubt creeping in, you need to address that because otherwise you can be stuck somewhere for 14 years and believing everything and then you come out of it and you have to relearn life and that's not a fun way of being. But I think it's a process for you as an individual as well, right? At the end of the day, um, you have to work through your own shit to for want of a better word you have to work through your own shit and you have to like nobody can say to you you've got to leave right nobody can say that you'll know when and where is the right time and all of that stuff and if you stay you stay right but that's your choice at the end of the day we all have choices about whether we stay leave or go from that situation but like like well, I I already know the answer to this, but I want to ask you, right, can, can you recover from being in these situations? And then this 
answer I don't necessarily know. But then how do you break the cycle? Can you break that cycle? Or are you destined forever for the rest of your life to just attract narcissists and that's it? That's your lot. you got to deal okay. with this all first, the time. Sorry, there were three first questions of all, there. First of all, yes, you can get out, right? You can put an end to it. Second of all, you actually develop the skill of being able to spot them a bit easier. Oh. Almost like they have a flashing sign above their head. Like a bird spotter, but it's a nasty spotter. Yeah, a nasty spotter. So you will actually get better. But unfortunately, before things get better, you need to be aware that once you've attracted one, you tend to attract others, a bit like sharks circling in the water. Wow. That tends to happen a fair bit. But you can put an end to all of that. Uh, it just takes time on working on yourself because once you're strong enough, they can't get in. So it's about self-love at the end of the day and developing yep. your own self-love Yeah. and going, no, I'm better than that, thanks. And, okay, that's great that you want to spend time with me and everything, but I need me time as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because, look, I can understand where you go, oh, if I tell this person like the situation we were talking about earlier, I tell this person, oh, I don't actually want to spend a night in with them watching TV because I actually really haven't been out with my girlfriends for ages and I want to go out with them. But it's all of that, oh, how do I put that without offending them and all this stuff. If somebody actually truly loved you. They will want you to go out with your girlfriends. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. It's not about the manipulation of, oh, wouldn't it be cool and I just adore you so much and all of that stuff. It really comes down to you are responsible for you. You are never responsible for other people, for how they react or whatever, like unless they're little kids, you know, that you've brought into the world. You are responsible then. But even as they age, you are not responsible for how they respond to things. You are responsible for your own actions. So when you're with a narcissist, say, in a relationship, like, you know, do I go to the movies or do I go out with Sally for a couple of drinks, you are responsible for how you feel. So you need to say, I haven't seen Sally for so long and I want to go and see her. You'll be here when I get back. And then we can have our time on the couch and watch a movie. But what about if they say, oh, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to be here if you're going to, like, do Fine. X, Y, and Z. Have a great time. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I know that now. But, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you are not responsible for their reaction to something. Yeah. You do not have to stop living your life so that someone else doesn't get hurt or offended. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Completely agreed. And... Narcissism does affect does affect the children, doesn't it? It does. So, tell you a little bit of a story. Yesterday, my nearly twenty one year old and I were in the car oh my together. God. Oh my yeah. Gosh. <laughs> and we're organising his twenty first. And I said to him, "Look, I know you hate me saying this, but I've said it all along since I split from their dad. If you want to invite him to your twenty first, Go for it. I'm not going to be 100% happy, but that's my problem. That is not your problem because he is your dad. And my son turned around and said, right, enough. Since we left 10 years ago, you've been saying that. Enough. I don't want him there. He's not part of my life as far as I'm concerned. I have no dad. So you've said it enough. He said, I am responsible for my life and I don't need that person in my life. It's his decision, isn't it? His decision. I said, wow, that's really mature. And he said, let me just tell you one thing, Mum. When you thought you were protecting us and hiding everything from us, in the background he was going after us too. Wow. He goes, and I didn't want to tell you because you had enough to deal with. Wow. And I turned to him and I said, son, What happens to me is my responsibility. What happens to you is your responsibility. You didn't need to hide that to protect me and I didn't need to hide what was happening to me to protect you because look at the miscommunication that's caused. And he said, right, can we stop talking about my father now? And I said, perfectly. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is fine oh with my me. Gosh. Like, so, wow. you know, we think we're protecting the kids. We're really not. They're seeing everything. Yeah. And sometimes they're copying their own version of it. Well, this is my concern is, um, yeah, the manipulation and things like that. You don't sit there and go, wow, Jesus Christ, like where did that? I mean, monkey see, monkey do is what kids do, isn't it? I mean, you know, you do something and they blame I mean, copy. So, um, yeah, that was that's my concern is, and then how? But how do you break? How do you break the cycle? It's self love, I suppose. It's being responsible for your it's, own it's self. It's teaching you, yeah. It's teaching your kids what self love is. Yeah. So this same kid, you know, a few years after we did leave, my ex, he turned around and said, he goes, Mum. Is it all right if when I grow up that I love my wife and my kids and wow. I show them that every day? And I said, of course, that's what you're supposed to do. And he goes, just checking because that never really happened. Kids say the funniest things, don't they? They like, do. They just sit there. But, yeah. You know, heartbreaking but funny Yeah. at the same time. And, you know, so as long as we teach kids, as long as you know who you are, you know, what your highest values and beliefs in the world are, and you stick to that, you'll be right because when you're authentic, the people around you are encouraged to be authentic as well. Yeah, yeah. We have to give them that way of self-expression, that way of self-growth. We can't do it for them. And then what about co-parenting with a narcissist because that's what I've been doing for the last four years. Um, and, and like, I... It's hard. Like I can't, I can't deny that it's easy, right? It's hard. I'm really lucky I haven't had to co-parent. Yeah. Well, I saw it on and know, off. In that situation, you need to make sure that your child has those self-expressive, self-love tools. Again, it comes back to that because when they're with the other parent, it won't affect them. And then you need to say, Listen, you know, if you need to talk to me when you come back from a visit or whatever, don't worry about it hurting me. Mm. This is not about me. This is about you not holding in something that you feel you need to say. Yeah. Do not worry about telling me. And I think it's also important that as a parent you don't react to that as well. Like, Do you know what I mean? Then you need to keep a very straight face and you need to go, wow, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And leave it there. Yeah. Let them just use you as a sounding board, as, you know, a way to get it out so it's not stuck internally. Yeah. And, but, and then don't react. Exactly. Because the thing is, in reacting and going, oh, what? They did what? Or they said what? Or they or they have implied or whatever. Um, that then makes your child then sit and go, oh, God, mum's reacted a really bad way. And like, or, or if you go, to the ex and go, hey, you did what, blah, 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 that's not on, that's not how we do stuff, right? Then that They've just got what they want because they've got your full attention yeah, now. Exactly. Yes. So why give them what they want? Yes. Don't play into that game. It's it's about actually equipping your child with the right tools to be able to deal with the situations that they may find themselves in. And it is, it has to be age appropriate. And, and they have to understand that sometimes when they do or say something and set a boundary, because they are a kid, that boundary might get squished all over, you know, but they've just got to keep going back and reiterating and, and understanding it's not about them and understanding the situation, I think. And so, you, yeah, you need to have that discussion with your child. And, again, age-appropriate, and there's different ways that you can have the discussion. You know, you might do it playing blocks or you might do it, you know, with a doll or you might just have a conversation if they're a little bit older. You might read a book or something and, you know, talk about feelings and all this kind of thing. And you need to say when you set these boundaries for yourself, Someone might squish them. But guess what, honey? That's not about you. That's about them. That's not your problem. You keep setting your boundaries and you just keep reminding yourself it's not about you, it's about them. So then each time that boundary is squished, your child is developing some more strength, internal strength, going, well, that felt crappy that when I set that boundary, it was squished, but that's not about me. That's not my problem. No. I set the boundary. I did my job. 
And I think also like co-parenting wise, I don't know what your view is, but it's about the child. It's not about any other situation and scenario. So a lot of the ways that I used to and still do deal with things is what is best for my son, right? So it's what is best for my son and that is it, right? There is no like discussion around like, oh, well, he said, she said, you know, I'm going to, you're stopping me, you're stopping your our child from seeing ex-grandparents or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 there are boundaries that are set and these boundaries are set for X, Y, and Z reason. Um, and I'm sorry, but it's not in his best interest or her best interest or whatever for that to actually, for that situation to have changed or whatever. Um so it's about setting that and then take it, but also then taking it because you get like, I've had hours and I mean hours of text messages that are abusive um, that I haven't even replied to. And I've still had an hour's worth of abusive text messages. So um, yeah, it's just, it just is relentless and you've just got to take a step back and go, okay, I can't, every comment you make, adds fuel to the fire right and so you're encouraging and I think you said it earlier um you know it's about you're just feeding you're feeding the frenzy as such and you've got to stop you've got to go I'm not feeding this I'm not going to feed it it's not about me it's not about them it's about what's best for the child and that's it exactly so back to my sharks in the water yeah, analogy. I love you. if you're going to throw this burly into the water you're attracting the sharks yeah. So if you're going to respond to these text messages, you're attracting more of this barrage of text messages and then it could be phone calls and then it could be emails and then it's going to keep accelerating and then it'll be rocking up on your doorstep to scream at you because you're throwing the burly into the water. Don't do it. Read it. Let it go. Okay, I hope you feel better now that you've said that because guess what? It actually means nothing to me. Yeah, exactly. And um, although you want to reply <laughs> with a lot of expletives and go, what the flipping heck? But, like, yeah, you're best not to because that's just going to come back to you again and come back to you. And if you feel like you need to reply, do it on a Word document yeah. to yourself and yeah. then delete it. That's a good tip. Then it's out of you, but you haven't sent it and created more trouble. No, that's right. That's right. Just get it all out of because us women need to like get it out of our bodies. Um, so you get it all out on a piece of paper and then we actually get it all out on a piece of paper. Here we go. And then burn, then it. burn it. That's what I was thinking. Yep. Just set fire to it. Obviously not in the house. Maybe you want to go outside in a safe area and do it. Maybe not in front of the kids <laughs> either. But like, yeah. And just let it float up into the air and there we go. This fair enough. Fair enough. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I actually did that at the start oh, of you? this year. I went through, I had like two boxes of folders and files from my divorce, wow. which was years ago. And it was messages backwards and forwards and it was, you know, all the legal stuff and we don't need that now. So I actually went out, set the fire pit up and I burnt every bit of it. And do you know how great that felt watching it all burn to a crisp? It's no longer in my house. It's no longer harming me because every time I walk past those boxes, I would think about everything again. Oh, no. You can't do that now. No, 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 no. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So, look, if somebody thinks they're in this situation or they want to ask you any questions, like where do they get in contact with you regarding, like, all of this Yep, so we've situation. got a contact form on the website, yep. which is www w.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au and it's holistic with a w as well and so just send through a contact form and just say dealing with a narcissist please yeah. help and you'll just jump onto our facebook page holistic natural health australia we put all sorts of articles and things up there and you know even send a message on there and just say hey listen i heard this podcast i need some help one of our coaches can coach you through this and can give you tools to build that healthy self-image and, you know, give you tools to actually deal with that sense of self that is just mm. so key with all of this. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, 
And and the reason you know more about, you know, loads about this is because you've dealt with it. You've been in that situation and you've yeah. dealt with it, as obviously we've discussed earlier. But you've dealt with it. Same with me. And I like, yeah, I mean, I'm amazed that I even got into that situation. But then, like, you, I'm four years out and... um like you've got to give yourself time to recover from all of this as well. Like I'm four years out. It does. And I take feel time. sane now. Yeah. But there was a long time where I didn't feel sane. Anxiety, depression, like what was I doing? Um, why didn't I have like the relationship that I thought I had? And all of those questions. So you've got to work through that all as well and sort of get to the end of that. But But there is yeah, an no, end in sight. And there is, you just have there to is. really put yourself first because guess what? That's what they're doing. So I have a final question. And I can't ask you the question that I asked you last time you were on because that would be crazy, right? So um, if you, Magic, <laughs> I think your name's what well, this is anyway, right? I love your name. But if you, Magic, had a superpower, what would it be? Mm. Superpower. Yeah. I'd love oh, that's, that's a good one. Um, I would love to be able to fly. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be really cool to fly Superman style and just be able to go, I can take myself out of this situation and go over there and it won't take me long to get over there and then I can fly, fly to back. a different country. Happy yeah. days. How cool. No customs, no queuing to get on a plane, no luggage. Well, mind you, well... See, this would be my problem. Couldn't just go in me Superman tights and stuff. Oh, but because, Superman you know, always I'd manages change. to change back into his day clothes. Well, that's so, true. That's true. You know, I think that comes with the whole being able to fly thing. Yeah. That but you I just didn't... have this magical outfit that yeah. can change. Yeah, maybe. Well, and then if you flew to a different country, you could fly over there and got your Superman outfit on, just buy some more clothes. Exactly. Happy days. Right? Exactly. And then get them shipped home or whatever. <laughs> Because you can't or just give them to them someone in. there yeah. and say, I oh, know you need some clothes. Here's some clothes. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So I have to ask when people say fly and like Superman and all of this stuff, cape or no cape? Definitely cape because capes are oh, cool. Really? Yeah. See, capes I'm a no really caper. Cool. I'm a no caper because I think if you're fighting evil powers, then those evil powers can grab your cape and then, oh, you're in a whole world of trouble. Whole world but of they trouble. never do. They never grab the no, cape. No, that's true. Superman had a cape and he got away all the exactly. time. Exactly. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I just think no, no cape, like the Flash, but not running because that's too much hard work. Exactly I would want right. to be flying, right? Like what was that about the Flash? <laughs> Hello? That's lots of running going on there. Just jump up in the air and fly. But, yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Look, thank you, Magic, for coming on board, talking My to pleasure. us on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's great talking to you. Um, and you're on here a second time. So, God, you're a glutton for punishment. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. But, um, yeah, so, look, have a great rest of your day. And um, Thank you, you too. And thanks to the listeners. Like, this is probably a really hard thing to listen to, especially if you're dealing with a narcissist. But you need to know that you are important you are special you are strong you have your own superpower and that is you're not letting a narcissist yeah win. yeah that's right that's right and it is a long journey like i mean they don't give up easy either um so it is a long journey but it's about sticking by your guns doing your personal development stuff looking internally and, and put, it's almost like you're a jigsaw puzzle that's been pulled apart and you've then got to go and do your counseling and personal development to put that jigsaw puzzle back together again so that you're then what that whole person coming out of that like three four five ten years later that you're actually you know yeah no i agree no thank you exactly but just with your jigsaw puzzle narcissists take the edges off the pieces to make them fit the way that they oh want you to God. So you don't just have to do personal development. You have to do a bit of a carpentry course and get these pieces back together the way they're supposed yeah. to be. No, and you're right. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, no, wow. Look, thank you again for today and um, we'll speak to you soon, no doubt. Thank you. Thanks for listening. 
I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Caram. Tune in and enjoy. Call T-A-D. To remodel my place Said I wanted it to be That kind of place Knee deep in the reno Sinking in our fight Other shonky builders Waking me up at night And Adam plays the boss man He listens to the customer Don't you remember, he built this kitchen He built this kitchen with T.A.D. We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T.A.D. We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T.A.D.